Well, I have hit record and I have lines. you're listening to the damn fine tv podcast i'm one of your hosts jasmine and i'm mel's how you doing mel's oh just doing great made it through another week in february i mean i feel like i say that every opening of the show (laughs) but it's like living week to week in a pandemic you know what i mean yep it's like uh kind of like the dolly parton song but it's just living week to week to week yes I love it. Do you feel like February is still moving at like a a normal pace or do you feel like it's slowed down a little bit? Well, the first week went by pretty fast for me, as I said, but I feel like this last week was so slow. Like I felt like every time I looked at the clock, I was like, it's only been 30 more minutes (laughs) past when I looked at you last. Like what's going on? (laughs) Ah, well, welcome to my, my time zone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finally in the Jasmine time zone. I yes, love it. yes. Welcome to JT and not Justin Timberlake. Jasmine boo time. Hiss. Yeah, boo hiss. I know. Boo. That, oh, Brittany, I can do better and I will do better. Okay, buddy. Like, where were you yeah. 12 years ago? Like, why is yeah. this coming up now? Ugh. Wow. Whatever. What a dirt bag. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you know what? Speaking of Justin Timberlake, I can't believe we didn't bring this up yet. To all you motherfuckers that voted for NSYNC on our little poll <laughs> on Instagram, uh, what the fuck? And just yeah, so you guys now. know, we can see who voted for what. So I have <laughs> pictures of who voted for Backstreet Boys and who voted for NSYNC. So we know. We know who you are, okay? We know. <laughs> I was heartbroken by some of the responses. And people were no, like, well— you know, Backstreet had some good hits, but like overall, the the better discography is NSYNC. And I'm just like, I guess, like, I don't know. Bye, 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 I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be me, I suppose. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Oh, man. You, so I, you you watched the, what is it called? Framing Britney Spears or framing whatever? Framing Britney Spears. Yeah. You yep. watched and it, right? I watched it, man. And it was like, I was literally... In tears. And I I knew just so little about it when mm. going into it. I thought I knew so much. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I knew that she struggled with some mental health issues. I knew that, you know, I mean, all of that's kind of been in the public eye. Right. But like actually watching that documentary, it. Right now, I've got chill bumps thinking about it because I cannot believe someone that is my age cannot make their own decisions because they suffered some effects of becoming famous at such a young age, all the scrutiny that was put on her um, for being a female and expressing herself, you know, during her, and I wouldn't even say her, her early teenage years. I mean, I don't think that she started really expressing herself until she was well old enough to do that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And it just, and she's got two children and it, I mean, 
I sit here and I really think about the comparison of my life. Now, I'm not famous by any means. I mean, I'm not in the public eye. You're famous to me. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. But you know, it just, it breaks my heart as a mother, as a woman. I just, and, and knowing that it is a toxic male-driven environment that she's in under the conservatorship. It just, I, I mean, free Britney, man. Yeah. Like, it is, she's 40 years old. I mean, when is she ever going to get her life back? And yeah. I just, in and in, in, in finding about the laws of a conservatorship and why she even signed it because she wanted to see her children again. She wanted, you know, it's just heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. And then you add on top of that, all of the misogynistic bullshit that she had to go through. Like, let's praise Justin Timberlake because he outed their sexual activity and he, oh my God, I just, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, I I haven't been able to watch it yet because, I mean, it's streaming on Hulu, which is not in Canada. And I know that it debuted on FX, but I don't have cable. So, I mean, there are ways and means in which I could find it, but I'm sure it's going to stream here eventually. So I've just been waiting for it to kind of come here. And I don't know, Canadian listeners, is it here? And I just can't find it. But I mean, I know some of the story uh, just from following Brittany over the years. But, yeah, I don't quite understand, like, what the conservatorship is, you know, line by line or whatever. And I'm sure there's lots of the story that I don't know. But everybody's reaction so far has been so much like yours, like, just one of heartbreak and disgust. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get through it. Like, I don't know if I can watch it. But, I mean, I'm sure I will. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. It was hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I really was so uncomfortable. And then you just, and and they just showed clips of, like, past interviews that she had done with, like, well-known, you know, um, journalists and interviewers, I guess you would say. You know, like, right. Diane Sawyer holding up pictures of her in her clothing and then, like, berating her on, you know, choosing to dress. I mean, it's just... And I'm thinking to myself, this is another, oh my God. Right. I just can't, like, I'm telling you, I I could talk for days about this. Like, I have just become so absorbed in this Free Britney movement. And I'm glad that I watched it because it gave me so much more understanding. And it's really, and I think we can all probably agree with the media portrayal of things, if that's all that you're used to getting your information from, which that's what media is, right? Like we read articles, we watch interviews, we, it's a news source and it's all of these things, but it's all in the way that they want to portray the information that they're given to you. And it's just heartbreaking. I, it well, disgusted I, me. I think we should maybe do a live if we can find time. Like after I yeah. finally see it, we can chat about it because I'm sure I'm sure there will be lots of other people that would want to weigh in on it too. So maybe we can have like a yeah a more interactive chat with people about it. I would love that. I can tell you're really fired would. up, and I, I want to get fired I mean, up with you. <laughs> listen, I am so fired up. It's just ridiculous, and I. You know, and I'm just like, it's too little too late from Justin Timberlake. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's been fuck that. 
he's been problematic. Like I, I, the, over the years, like obviously there's everything he did to Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. which I felt like he got a pass on that. Thank and then you. He totally got a pass on that. He, there was, that was disgusting. And then all of the, just the way that he treats females in general. I mean, ugh, bleh, I, I'm even disgusted that as a child, I was like, oh my God, Justin Timberlake. Oh my God, he's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I think we all were. I mean, any any girl that was growing up in the 90s that was into the boy band thing was definitely into Justin Timberlake. And I mean, I don't know that we have like the critical thinking to understand kind of what he was like. So, I mean, yeah, it is like a little cringe to look back and be like, ugh. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I feel bad for all you people that vote a friend sync. But yeah. mm, Yikes. And to be completely (laughs) honest, the teen bop or big bop or whatever those little bopper magazines they put out for like, you know, young kid, Tiger Beat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like they they definitely weren't covering misogyny in those Mm, magazines. Oh my God. No way. (laughs) No, if anything, they were, I mean, a little bit promoting it in a way. Or they were definitely like promoting the male gaze. Like just like the posters you would get, like the men were fully clothed. The women were definitely scantily clad. And I mean, whatever. That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be, I mean, I'll let you know when I finally find it or uh, yeah, if there's anybody in Canada listening that knows where I can watch it, let me know. And then maybe we'll do a live. I would love that. But I I mean, like, Speaking of other fucking mm. problematic men, this whole thing with Joss Whedon and Charisma Carpenter and I mean, I, I this is another person who, again, I feel like I've always known that Joss was causing issues and not being a super great guy like all over the place in Hollywood. But I guess I didn't. I guess I never stopped to think about the fact that that would reach all the way back to Buffy, which, of course, I mean, like. Why wouldn't it? You know, it's not like he turned on his problematic switch one day, like after that time. Right. um, Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hear it from like a show that means so much to I know both of us and to a lot of people, I think, our age, uh, a lot of people that are into television in general. But I mean, yeah, I I know you've been reading about it a little bit more than I have. Like, what have you what have you learned? Because really all I did was read the statement from Charisma Carpenter just of like the abuse that he, you know, showed towards her on that show. Yeah, well, there there's definitely that. And she came out in support of Ray Fisher, which he plays Cyborg in the D.C. like Justice League movies. Okay, And he he was fired from the Flash movie by Joss and it launched an investigation on, you know, I guess the conduct of what was going on on the set of that, the reason behind firing him. And Ray Fisher has come out and said, you know, that he's he's racist and and that there was a lot of problems going on with, you know, the, their interactions and and then his ultimate firing. And so when you go down that rabbit hole, you're like, wow, because I read this whole thing from Michelle Trachtenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, as a very young girl on the set of Buffy, she was not allowed to be in the same room alone with him at any times. And Fuck. it just Ugh. grossed me out. And, and you know, it's very, uh, it's very heartbreaking because it's a, it's a complex situation for me, especially because Buffy is like, I've said this several times on the show, that was like the first show yeah. that really got me into TV, yeah. right? And I was like, 
I never missed an episode of Buffy. I've seen them all several times. I mean, it was such a standout show for me. Yeah. And then just to read, you know, everything where he was like promoting these very strong female characters and female leads in this series, but treating them like shit. Yeah. You know, it's just, and even um, Spike, James Marston's, I believe is his name. Like he came out and he said, yeah, it was very problematic. And I'm glad that, you know, the female character or, you know, the, the actresses are coming out and they're not afraid to talk about this even 20 years later. And I'm just like, wow, this is like absolutely crazy. And I, uh, again, it's been a terrible week. <laughs> for <laughs> It's just been a terrible yeah. week. I've been absorbing myself in this mess. And I am just like, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, at its best, I guess. I mean, I, too, am really grateful that somebody like Charisma Carpenter would come forward and, and not. I don't know. It just must be horrible to have to hold that in for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really admire the fact that she came out in support of this other person and was able to kind of share what was going on with her and, and that Michelle Trachtenberg kind of followed suit. And I know that I can't think of her name right now, but the, the actress that played Tara has also come out and said like, I, yeah, Joss Whedon was very problematic. I stand with Charisma Carpenter and all of that. And like, it's just, yeah, I'm glad that we finally live in a world where, I mean, it's still not great. It's still not 100% perfect. There's still a lot of work to be done. But I'm glad that women can finally feel safe coming forward and to say something and to get it all out there and to fucking start making these men pay for what they've been doing for years and years Mm -hmm. and decades. And I just I'm so disappointed with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know if she said anything since the day that uh, Charisma's statement came out, but like what do you have to lose, Sarah, by, and I'm going to call her Sarah. Um, yeah, yeah. We're on a first name basis. Thank you. <laughs> um, like, what does she have to lose by just saying, like, I, yeah, I was there too. I stand with my friend. Like, I, part of me wonders if, you know, the same thing was happening with her and she's not at this point where she feels ready to join, join the crowd of people that are, that are standing up yet. And I mean, on the one hand, that sucks that she doesn't feel comfortable doing that and and that she's still maybe holding on to her own trauma or whatever. But, like, on the other hand, you've got people there. Like, you clearly have a support system in all of these other people that are coming out. So, like, now is the time. And, yeah, it just, it really sucks to hear it from her, the lead of that show, who I think would have so much sway with opinion and um, just the, the whole look of this whole thing. And it just really sucks that she was, like, You know, I like I saw some comments on her statement that was like, you know what, this is a classy response. And if you read between the lines, you get everything you need to know. And it's like, why? Why should we have to read between the lines to know what she feels? She should just tell us how she feels like, fuck that. Like, be an adult woman. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you made a very excellent point where perhaps she's not at the point if 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 she had the same. I mean, honestly, I don't. But we could speculate that maybe she didn't get treated that way. We it's don't know. It's very true. Yeah, we don't know anything. Yeah. But if she, it, it's also interesting to me because after reading Charisma's statement about how she went through all these years of therapy and everything to even have the courage to come forward and speak out against it. I mean, 
Sarah just may not be there yet. Yeah. And it breaks my heart if that is, you know, what it has come down to. Like a lot of times with trauma and with things like this that happen to us, it's a really easy coping mechanism to like push it to the back of your mind For and sure. be like, you know what? I'm not in that situation anymore. And I'm moving on with my life. And I'm, I, you know, kind of like how she said in her statement that she's just trying to survive the pandemic and raise a family. And yeah. perhaps. Yeah. That's what's happened. But at, on the same or at the same time, it's like her. I agree with you. Her support or her speaking up against it would probably speak volumes to leading or lending, you know, credibility to what's going on in this situation. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? <sighs> maybe behind the scenes, she has reached out to Charisma and, and the rest of the women on that show. I mean, we don't know what goes on in these people's lives, right? Like, we are just speculating. But it just it just looks icky on the face of it. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know. Especially to see all of the other women come out and show support and say something. Like, it just, it throws a red flag into everything to see Sarah Michelle Gellar be so kind of tight-lipped about it. So, yeah, that's a bummer. Sure. But I mean, obviously, the the real issue here is Joss Whedon. And hopefully, like, I mean, because uh, do you agree? Like, do you think that you've heard stuff about him before? Like, just little yeah. little rumors here and there. Or not even rumors, but like little whispers here and there, I should say, throughout the years. But maybe nothing like this has ever been, um, like, so big or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like what I've heard in the past is that he's just been quote unquote difficult to work with, yes. which is okay. such yeah, a yeah. blanket statement, right? Sure. Like there's someone who says, uh, um, there's not enough creamer in my coffee. I'm just pulling examples <laughs> off the top of my head. Like there's somebody that does that, right? Where they're like, oh, this isn't good enough for me. You know, there's that difficult to work with. And I'm yeah. using air quotes here. Yes. But then there's, Difficult to work with because they're misogynist and they're racist and they're sexist and and, and they abusive make you abusive in general. And abusive, and, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, that's such a blanket statement, and 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 it like it. Christmas said it took the times up, the Me Too movement for her yeah. to really get comfortable enough, and and we're we're still in the beginning stages of that. I feel like I mean, so many yeah. people are finally stepping up and not being ashamed or afraid to speak out. I mean, Evan Rachel Wood, we we've covered her show Westworld. She's another perfect example of this where she's finally come out against and actually named Marilyn Manson yeah. and her abuse, which is harrowing. I don't know if you've even read that, but I I have not. I have not. I've not touched oof, that one yet. Just trigger warnings everywhere for that because okay. that is absolutely horrifying and and terrifying. I mean, not to downplay anything about like Britney Spears or like Joss Whedon, what no, we've been no, talking no. about, but I mean like actual physical torture and abuse. Jeez. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let. I won't talk anymore about that. I'll let you look that up and and read about it. But I, I had tears coming out of my eyes when I was reading that. So. Oh, I mean, I had like the same with reading the Charisma Carpenter thing. Yeah. And like even now just talking about it, I can feel like emotions very much welling up in my chest because it just it sure. sucks. Like it's yeah. 
Ugh. But I well, mean, listeners, this I is not s- all of uh, the information. Like, yeah, you should definitely right. go and read. Like, we're, this is a very basic uh, skimming the surface of all of these issues. So, if you want to know more, so you true. should definitely check out some articles or whatever. But yeah. So true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was just going to add like one last thing on that. Like, just reading her talking about like pregnancy is Ugh, yeah. a lot of times for women, like the, the, most beautiful times in their life. Right. And I mean, I've got a child and I've been pregnant and I, I would have fully agree with that. And just to know that all of this was happening to her. I mean, it's terrible if she wasn't pregnant, but then you add the layer of pregnancy on top of that. And it's just like, wow, like you are really disgusting. And that's, that's, I guess that's just going to be the end of it for me because I'll talk the whole hour <laughs> about just, <laughs> I mean, the way that it's, it just comes down to the way that women are held to this standard or held to this different line that is just absolutely disgusting and heartbreaking. And you really don't know it until people start coming out and 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 they start talking their truths, you know? And yeah. uh, I mean, it's like I, I'm no longer surprised when things like this come out. Yeah. And I haven't been for a long time. Um, but there's still a, there's still that feeling of like, well, fuck, like another yeah. one. Like, come on. Like, I know. I don't know. It's just it's so widespread and it's so it's just gross. It's just a gross part of this world that we live in. And mm-hmm. I I just admire people like Charisma Carpenter and yes. and all the other women from Buffy that have bothered to say something and like thank you to people like that thank that are you. doing that. Yeah, cuz it's only going to make things easier moving forward. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, Ugh. um I don't know if we're going into anything any better when I talking about the stand. <laughs> well, I was going to make a very like I didn't know if it would be crass or like I was going to say, I would just like to thank Charisma Carpenter for taking her stand. Yeah. <laughs> well, like a segue. I, I mean, it is a powerful stand to take. It is. But... And it might be more powerful <sighs> than some of the other stands we saw. Um, oh, my. But yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, listen, I have other things here that we can procrastinate with, but <laughs> we should also maybe just get it over with. <laughs> I am ready to... I, Listen, y'all have been on this journey with us. Y'all listened to me hype this up before it ever premiered. I couldn't wait for this adaptation, and I am so ready to close the coverage of this TV yes. show. Yes. <laughs> and throw it away and mm-hmm. never look at it again. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, it's so interesting that you're already saying that because yesterday I was having, uh, like just as putting together my notes, I was thinking, is this something I would ever rewatch? And the answer is absolutely not. Mm-mm. Never. There's no reason to rewatch this. It has no, no value to go back to. If anything, it just makes me want to listen to the book again or actually read the book this yes. time. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, All let's right. do it. <laughs> I mean, geez, like really, <laughs> we went, we were on a big roller coaster right there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> episode eight is called The Stand. 
Um, risking everything, the bolder travelers face off with Flag's followers in New Vegas. Among them, a very different and pregnant Nadine. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, lots of feelings about episode eight. Um, you and I texted a little bit about it. Um, I, I have to say... I didn't mind episode eight, but I also want to say that the bar is so low at this point right. that I I am just like, meh, it happened. I We talked about <laughs> it last week. I mean, you it know what sure I mean? like, did happen. <laughs> I, last week we talked about, please don't do a stupid trial. And they did it. And blah, I just, oh, I am rubbing my temples. I did... I want everybody to know I took my preemptive Tylenol because I knew this was this. <laughs> I just don't even, I can't, I can't even put a sentence together about this shit that we had to watch for the last two episodes. And I had a couple of moments during the episode where I was like, you know what? Okay. Kind of trying to see a redemption arc or like a little bit more into Lloyd here, right? And I was like, that's all right with me. Like, I kind of did get a little jazzed when the people started standing up. And I will fear no evil against Randall Flagg and he was losing his powers. But it didn't hold the weight that it held in the story for me because it was so short-lived. It was so compact. It was such a small part of the episode that I didn't feel anything from it, right? Like, was happy to see it. I was glad that they threw that in there somehow. But, (laughs) you know, it's just, those are really the only things. And I mean, I did get heartbroken. I knew I would get heartbroken when we watched Ray and Larry, you know, basically going to their death and yeah. and that pulled at some heartstrings, but I, I knew it would because of who the characters are and because of what they were accomplishing with that. Um, but overall, I just, I don't know. I was like, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, I mean, pretty much along the same lines, I think it was very, I think it worked uh, the in the end with Larry and Ray. It's really too bad that we didn't get more time with Ray, particularly. Um, I didn't even mind the addition of uh, sort of the confrontation between Larry and Nadine at the end. I felt that that mm-hmm. helped with uh, Larry's overall arc. And the stuff with Lloyd, uh, this sort of redemption arc thing, in a way, um, I liked it. In the end, it just doesn't matter, though. And then so I feel like time is wasted, particularly the scenes between him and who I believe is Ratwoman, who has this like much more massive part than in the book. And which is just I don't know. I'm confused by it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The stuff with I see no evil or I fear no evil, whatever. um, It's fine. Again, I just I loved. The, the biggest issue for me is that I loved this sort of subdued nature of this part of the book. I really like that, you know, I think some people have probably called it anticlimactic, the way that everything goes down in Vegas. Like, it does just kind of wrap up. But I actually really enjoyed that because for me, in the end, it wasn't about, like, the stand wasn't about that part. 
It was about mm-hmm. something so much different that unfortunately, TV viewers, you're never going to fucking get. So right. um, I feel sorry for you. Go read the book. Um, but I I just, I, I don't like the remixes here at all. I don't like that we didn't get the, what is it, Whitney Horgan, I think is his name. Because uh, where does the ball come from? Well, I'll tell you this. I think that the one guy that we kept seeing in Mm -hmm. a couple of, I think that's supposed to be him, but that he didn't even get named or like uh, it was, it was so subdued. Like you said, it was just so, and I, I feel really bad for viewers who have never read the book. And I, I'm going to tell you, when you were talking, I had a little tear come to my eye <laughs> because I feel like the stand is almost like my little baby in some weird way. And I passed this little baby on to you and then it became your little, little baby. Baby. Bebe. Bebe. And then to hear you express the exact same thing that I, and this was by no coercion of me. Like I didn't, <laughs> I told Jasmine nothing about the stand, just very high level things. And she read it and loved it and had the same thoughts as me. And it makes me just well up with tears of happiness because you're right. A lot of people who have read the novel have said this was anticlimactic. Nothing big happened in Vegas. And I'm like, you're missing the big picture of what this is all about. Right. Like. And it's in my nuts. opinion, a, a nuke going off is something big happening. Well, how right, How right. else would things... I mean, when you have this supernatural figure, how else could that have ended, honestly? Right, right. I think that is I, huge. <laughs> I mean, I listen, I just... Uh, I don't know. And it's just very hard because I felt like these parts of the novel were perfection and then... Like you said, the remixes that they brought into the adaptation, just nope, don't like that. And my Michael Scott voice, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't like, where, like that. But where does the, like, the hand of God is what it's kind of called right. in, or like the little ball that Flag creates in the book, where does it mm-hmm. come from? What's with the smoke? What is all of that? <laughs> to us, we can extrapolate, okay, this is meant to be this from the book. Why Flag didn't create it here, I'm not sure. But somebody watching the show is like, there's a smoke storm now? Like, what is going Thank on? You. Um, y'all can't see me, but my hands are in the air. Yes. Pumping up yes. and down. Okay, I obviously, quote unquote, knew that was the hand of God. Right. But I took off my, I did take off my novel glasses. I watched this as someone who had no knowledge. And I seriously wrote in my notes, they are making this look like it is a weird electrical thunderstorm. And why? You know, like, like if you had no idea that this was manifested in the novel the way that it was and what happened with that, it literally only looks like a freak electrical storm that then just kind of manifests and just like is taking out people. Like, you know what and I mean? Like, the most annoying part about that is that part of the reason Randall Flagg goes down is his own doing. He creates right. that light ball thingy and then Trashy shows up with the nuke and he's kind of his own undoing in that way and that's his own demise yeah and that was taken away completely here I I Mm -hmm. just I just don't understand the choices (laughs) and it was it 
And it was so, it was just weird to me because it, the acting felt a little like just blah because, you know, then Randall Flagg looks over and he's like, you're supposed to be going to the airplane, you know, or whatever. Oh God, that part was not good. <laughs> That was so, and I was just like, "This is terrible." What are y'all doing? What, what are y'all what doing? What was trashy, Apollo, or what was trashy saying? I forgive you for because I know why, I, and you know why. Yeah. But why in the show is he doing that? What's the no reason? No one has a clue. No if fucking you did clue. Not no clue. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. I just, <laughs> I want to just rip my eyeballs out of my head that I spent the last like month and a half watching <laughs> this. Oh my god, take these terrible. eyes out, throw them away, and give me new ones that have never seen this. <gasps> Clear my mind. Somebody give. I need a mind like cleansing. Just, <laughs> I mean, zap it like, out. Ugh, 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 ugh. ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like, is that, seriously, that's the only thing that I can say is, ugh, it's just terrible. And I'm going to tell you, like, the one part, the the only part that I got really excited and I thought was beautiful and moving and um looked really pretty to me on the screen was when Kojak finds Tom. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. And it's just Kojak with like smoke and then like the lights from the nuke behind him. And it's just like that moment of them, you know, connecting. And I had a little tear come to my eye because I was like, oh, Kojak, Tom. That was the, literally what, like three and a half minutes <laughs> of the episode where I was oh, like, this is, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> this is the only good part of it. I. But even oh with that, gosh. I was like, oh, they're going to fuck around and do this wrong because they left us on this whole stupid cliffhanger of whether or not Stu was alive, which is not yeah. part of the book at all. So, right. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I did. I did. I do agree. I thought that part looked visually very pleasing. I thought it was funny it was. that Tom took off his glasses to see better. I feel like that's such <laughs> a bad TV trope. I, I see that all the time, but it's so like, whatever. It's I mean, that didn't ruin anything for me. It was just funny. Right. Um, I mean, I other things I did enjoy, which and this sounds weird to say, but another thing that I thought was very visually uh, affecting was Nadine's death scene. Um, Amber Heard in general in this episode kind of went back and forth for me. Like the whole when she sees herself on the back of that serving plate, I thought that acting was terrible, like borderline (laughs) high school production type stuff. But Awful. then during labor, like when she's finally real, when she finally realizes that something is wrong, I connected with that. I I was feeling that emotion in that moment, and then from there on out until she takes herself out, I thought all of that was really great. And just the visual of her falling was, I mean, obviously horrible, but it looked really great. It did, yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Now, I, and and I got. Things are a little fuzzy for me when it comes to Nadine. Um, I do want to make a small side note. She's also um, a trash person in real life. But anyways, let's keep going from that. I'm not going to go. Maybe we'll do a live of like all the just disappointing trash things. I've been talking about this ever since the beginning. I was not happy that she was going to be in the stand. Right. Um, because I don't like some of the abusive things that she she's. I think that she's an abuser in real life. But okay, anyways, yeah, let's, yeah, move, yeah. let's let's just move on. We can on have a that. trash now, leg uh, Instagram live. I think that kind of sounds yes, fun. Yes, we need to. We need to. Okay. Now, um, it was very fuzzy for me though because it's like she goes in to see Larry, right? And Larry like gives her the speech, and I agree with you. I thought that was some closure for like 
Larry's arc and and but it was about Larry for me. It was not about oh, Nadine. Yeah. But what was weird to me was like, had she not looked in a mirror since she'd been to Vegas? Like, what was it? What was it about her looking into that serving platter that started this spiral in her mind of what's going on with me? You know what I mean? Like that was just weird to me. It was but just also, an like, odd thing. if you're gonna look into a Dollarama serving platter, you're gonna look <laughs> like shit. It's not a mirror. Like, <laughs> oh my god, stop. Okay. <laughs> That is a Dollar Tree serving platter. And anybody who looks into one of those is not going to like what they see looking back No, like none of us have a chance with that. Come on now. That's like looking at yourself in the back of a spoon and trying to like fix your hair or some shit. Like, come on. Oh my God. Okay, that was great. I needed that laugh because I was on a trajectory of just hate, 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 hate. Um, But did it make sense to me? Because then, you know, she's... to me, it is just so, uh, I'm sorry. It is just so ridiculous and ludicrous to me. I mean, Lloyd's pushing her through a casino in a wheelchair and like going up the elevator. And then I, I yes, like a little bit of, there was, there was a little bit of empathy, I suppose, when she started to realize you knew that I wasn't going to make it through. Like I was only being used to bring forth the Prince of Darkness or whatever this baby was supposed to be. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, she should have known what was going on. I like, right. she knew that what the, she knew the path she was on was wrong when she tried to get Larry to help her stay in Boulder. So, exactly. I mean, she, she knew the consequences, but yeah, for me, it, it, it was just more like it was a better piece of acting. I don't know that I necessarily like yeah, felt much for her, but yeah. But, and then, I mean, and the thing about the last couple of episodes are, is they do try to trickle in some comedic relief, and it's always Randall Flagg that is giving that. And I, uh, but <laughs> I will tell you, I did let out a little giggle, and it probably wasn't uh, the right moment to do it. But when he, she's like going on and on about something's not right. This is like, something's <laughs> wrong here. And he's just like sipping on his milk, like whatever, like just get the baby out of her. And you know what I mean? smoking that cigar, <laughs> which I feel like, I know yes. cigars are large, but for some reason that felt like an oversized <laughs> prop. It was, it was like a cartoon cigar. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, he's, he's uh, fine. I, I didn't like the stuff. I thought it was a bad turn for Alexander Skarsgård later on when the yeah. lightning storm thingy was happening. But even here when he was like, Lloyd, cancel the nursery. I was like, I all know. right, that's cute. Whatever. Yeah. I did write that in my notes. I was like, okay, like just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I needed a small laughter in that because I was like, the rest of it, I just was like, this is just trash. This is just trash. I'm sorry. It is. And like Ugh. the whole trial thing, like, why? What? No. Why? Why is so much of this TV show Vegas built around spectacle and smoke and mirrors and the big show? And like, I think what they're trying to get at is that this is how people buy into flag. So that's what keeps him magical and in charge and powerful. But I mean, I think I also understand that because I read the book and I'm not sure that right. there's enough evidence from that in the show. And it just, the trial felt like um, Lloyd rehearsing for his tight five that he was going to do later on <laughs> at the comedy bar. Because again, this is like high school level production shit. Yes. And I just, I, 
oh, I'm so frustrated with what they did to the Vegas crowd because I'm also sure that in like in this in the seats or whatever in the courtroom, I I'm pretty sure one of them was wearing like a Make America Great Again hat. And um, I'm sure I'm like, what is what are they saying here? What is being said here? Because basically you are now equating, you know, a lot of like the the sex stuff that's been going on in Vegas is very clearly like queer sex stuff, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But like, why are we equating these things? Why, if you are into sex and drugs and gambling, does that make you also a fucking white supremacist? Like, what are they saying? Thank you so much. I think I mentioned this like when they were first starting to show yeah. Yeah, New yeah. Vegas. I made the point where I was like, why are they demonizing mm-hmm. this type of lifestyle? There's nothing wrong with sexuality. Like you said, queer sex. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But they were they were projecting it on this path of like, sin is bad and this is sin. And, and now even like you said, like, this whole weird air of like potential white supremacy. And like, I I don't know if they were trying to make some sort of political point with this, but it really missed the mark in my opinion. And I, it, and that's again, deviating from even what the source material was supposed to be. And then that's why it's just distasteful to me. You know, it's just, it really is. And it loses the nuance because I never got the vibe from the book that the people in Vegas were just all horrible people. Like honestly, on both sides, it just felt like there was one call that, that there was one dream that sort of called you more and that's where you went. But I mean, Larry is not a great guy and yet he Mm -hmm. ended up in Boulder. And that's why, you know, the stand in the larger context is about choices and, and where you, you know, what you decide to do and what path you take. But like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad that we don't have to see Vegas again and this like spectacle bullshit because it just, I don't know, like, I don't know why they made it so black and white. Like it just, uh, ugh, ugh. Again, ugh. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. Trust me. Like I, <sighs> it, it really pains me to say I was disappointed in this, but I mean, I don't even think right? disappointment cover, covers it. I mean, I am just borderline disgusted with this adaptation. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize anymore about it because I think I was apologetic in the beginning where I was like, I'm not giving it a chance. I'm not. No, they've taken it. They've taken it to a place where I'm just like, this is. It's a mockery almost, and I I don't like it. Yeah, and I think we were just trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, particularly when it was, like, very unclear about how the adaptation overall was going to be. And I I think I had kind of said, like, maybe we won't know just until it's over how it all comes together. But now we know, and I mean (laughs) – I was going to say this for the next episode, but honestly, it's just a failure to me. Like, this whole whole show has been a failure to me, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, thank you for giving us Alexander Skarsgård. I'm not going to go back on that. But like, honestly, that's it. (laughs) And you know what? As far as like the show and the spectacle go, when when they're about to do like the execution thing in the pool and Alexander Skarsgård just starts dancing, I was like, this is bad and I love it. Love it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, I wrote in my notes, I was like, very terrible dancing, but I'm actually kind of here for it in some weird way. It's just so good. Like his character just works. And I think it's because Alexander Skarsgård is good at playing that kind of character. But the circumstances within 
in which he was like put into just don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I've got like really I had only like four sentences for notes for this because I just was like, I'm not even going to waste my time <laughs> taking notes on it because it was it was so bad that I didn't need to take notes on it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, no, nope, I man. agree. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like for it? no, I the only other thing I think the only person we didn't really talk about was Glenn. Um, I think people get annoyed with Glenn. Um, but I think he's, I, I loved him right down to the, the final Me minute. Too. I love what he says. I love the way he calls people out. I love how he shines a light on certain things. And he's part of the reason that Lloyd started to turn around. Yes. And so I think that that, and I think Larry was part of that too. It's too bad that Ray couldn't have been part of that. Um, and you know what, in general, let me just sidestep to Ray for a second. Why yeah. did they make, why did they do the gender swap here? Like, I just, I, I had hoped that that was going to mean for some reason that she was going to get more time or more of an arc, but she really didn't. But no. Nope. anyways, I just, I kind of like the idea that Glenn, even in his final moments, and this is similar to the book, but that he was trying to make a difference. And even though it doesn't matter because Lloyd is dead, it kind of did matter still to who Glenn was <laughs> as a person and- and yeah, I mean, honestly, no one on this show had an arc quite like Harold. I, I don't think that they wrote for anybody True. except for Harold. But um, but yeah, it, at least there was something there. So yeah, and I, you're right. I I have failed to mention Glenn. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was super sad that yeah. to actually see his death, and and then it was pretty gruesome. I mean, in the in the novel, spoiler alert, he only got shot once. Okay, like. That was the end of it for him. But like just the way that Lloyd went on and on, you know, shooting him. And I think that that was actually not a bad callback to Lloyd when we saw him in the beginning, when he chickened out in that convenience store with mm. Pope. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think it was a buildup of where it was like, OK, like, whoa, I wasn't I'm using this term loosely, but man enough uh, to do it, you know, back right. then with Poke, Flag saved me, and now I've got something that I've got to try to prove. And I think it was probably also um, he was frightened at what Glenn was saying because it was speaking to him, and you could see the turn in him. But then you had Rat Woman screaming, "Shoot this oh man! Shoot this man!" And and Ugh. that goes back. That's also a direct callback to everything with Poke because Poke was like, "Shoot him! Shoot him!" You know. So I feel like that. It was a whole bunch of things mixed together for Lloyd. Yeah, very in that true. moment, and it was just him taking out like all of this time that he spent being a quote unquote chicken shit, right? Basically, yeah, and trying to prove something. But then you could also see the moral compass in him changing, right? Where he was like, "Oh God," you know. I mean, all of it. It was because I think that that moment kind of started well it started with glenn obviously talking about what are y'all afraid of why are y'all afraid of him you know everyone in the courtroom kind of looking like you know this guy's kind of talking a little bit of sense then seeing this big act of violence from lloyd that probably scared them because i don't think they had actually seen right that you know it had all been like in the death pits for um for entertainment, right? right but you, yeah. you wasn't put in your face. You didn't have to watch that if you didn't want to. But this was just like right on display for them. So I yeah. think that I have to say 
I'm I'm a little satisfied. I, I'm glad that Lloyd did meet his demise. I mean, he was going to meet his demise anyway with the nuke, but I'm glad that he was taken out. But I, I am also glad that they tried to start that arc for him and then sort of show him changing. It was just too little too late, I guess, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, one final thing. It was cool, even though I don't like the way that it came about, but watching the lightning take people out, that was a cool yeah. effect. It looks it cool. Was. It was yeah. nasty, but it looked great. It was nasty. When it got Julie, I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obliterate her. And the rat woman, too. I was like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, I guess we can move along then to episode nine. Yep. The circle closes. After seeing both the light and the dark, Franny finally makes her stand. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Honestly, fuck this. Fuck all of this. And I'm mad at you, Stephen King. Why? Why can't you he just wrote, stand? Why can't you stand by your original ending, which was so good? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen, okay. I'm going to tell you. Like, oh. When the end credits music and scene came on, I turned the TV off and I said, thank God that is over because, (laughs) and I I had texted you, I was dreading, dreading this last episode so much. And guess what? It didn't disappoint the dread. (laughs) Okay. Like. Nope. Um, I just. Um, super, 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 super pissed off that we did not get anything, not even give me five minutes. Give me something of Tom and Stu's journey back to Boulder. Instead, I had to watch five minutes of Fran and Stu driving across the country. I don't give a shit. I don't understand. That. I don't understand how that is the road trip that they would rather show. Um, listen. Uh, like, I mean, so for people that have been listening that don't know the story, a few times Mel's and I mentioned, like, the the best part of the book, if they fuck it up, we're going to be mad. They didn't even attempt it, which I have come to the conclusion that is probably better because they wouldn't have done it right and we would have just been mad about it. So I'm kind of glad that they just didn't include it. But what they replaced it with is stupid. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess they couldn't really win in this equation. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really sad because that was such a fantastic part of that story. And um, it just takes away so much of the emotional punch that that that, mm-hmm. that the story has in the end. And, you know, when like uh, when Stu is leaving, when Stu and Franny are leaving Boulder and Tom is saying goodbye I'm like, oh, I don't even care. And yet Stu and Tom, I mean, in the book, Stu and Tom is the love story. Yeah. Like, it's not Stu and Franny. And I'm not saying that Mm. Stu and Tom get together, for those of you that don't know, but it's just this epic friendship and this, like, Mm. it's just this bond that is so incredible. And, yeah, it's really sad that they replaced it with, you know, I think what they're going for is that Franny never really got to, quote unquote, have her stand in the book. And so they were trying to give her something to do here. But honestly, I couldn't give any less fucks about Franny right. taking a stand and especially in the way that it went down. Like I, I and I will say this in the book, I I was never really here for them going back to Maine anyway. I thought it was stupid. 
you're you're living post-apocalypse. You need to stay with people. You have a baby. Yeah. If you want to have more babies, you can't do it on your own. You need right. you need medical help. Like, I'm sorry, but this isn't this isn't the fucking medieval times. Like, stay with people. Right. It's stupid that they leave in general. I hate it. Well, and and, that, and I will say also, you're bringing up great points because just because, and and we'll talk about, I'll just go ahead and talk about this. So Franny has her baby and the baby actually has Captain Trips. The baby ha- gets the super flu, but Which, the baby. I forgot oh, about Captain Trips in general. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was so pushed to the side, right? Yeah. Anyways, sorry. But, uh, no, no, it's fine. But the baby fights uh the 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 baby has the antibodies or whatever however all of that works you know science i'm not good at that but (laughs) she she gets the super flu it doesn't look good for her but then one day it's it's gone so it's like you know it was like a virus that her body just fought off she didn't succumb to it she lived now what always confused me was you're going back off to maine where there's I don't know if people are even still there. Like, we don't know anything about that. And you want to have more children and you do have more children. What if they're not? That just because Abigail was what she named the baby, but just because baby Abigail was able to fight the super flu and other babies were born. And I'm going to, I also want to bring up another thing that's just, I've been waiting for the finale to talk about this as well. But the other babies are born, like, to two immune parents, and those babies are fine. But, like, that that's not a guarantee. That's just, like, you know, so you could go off into Maine, where there's potentially only the three of you and Kojak, right? And you could have another baby, and that baby could not be immune to the super flu. You know, like, this is... I think this is science, but whatever. Like, I'm kind of getting <laughs> off track with that. No, you're right, though. I mean, just because one set of parents that were immune gave birth to a child that was fine, that's not enough evidence. That's right. one situation. Right. So, right. yeah. I want to talk about something that people who have not read the book will not. You, this was completely left out of the story. But I felt like. Larry's character was undercut in so many ways. And we've talked about this. I mean, I understand that they had to cut out things to for the adaptation. I get it. It's a thousand page book, right? I understand. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of story. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But one of the redeeming things about Larry in the in the book was his relationship with Lucy. Um, we didn't yeah. get any of Lucy. And the fact that Larry does die in Vegas, but Lucy has Larry's baby in the book. Yeah. And Larry is also the reason why Joe can talk. Now, we get Joe talking in the last couple of episodes of this series. There's just, it, it's, to me, it's just such a, a crime, in my opinion, mm. that we didn't get those parts of Larry. You know what I mean? Like, so much surface stuff. And because Larry, I feel like he had such an arc in the novel. He did, yeah. And you end up absolutely loving him and and everything like that. And I just, you know, I just felt like it was undercut. But the, the things, like I said, Joe being able to talk, that was all because... 
Larry, he he formed the bond with Larry and he started talking to Larry yeah. in the novel. And like now all of a sudden it's like at the end of the of episode eight, you've got him talking to Franny and you, you know, then you've got him talking here and it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> and so we can make an assumption that he's become very close with Franny. And I do, I, I do think that there was like, I think the woman that was taking care of him was Lucy, but just only in name, like not actually that character that we know from the book. But anyways, even if we're making the assumption that he's become close with Franny and has opened up to her, I mean, like, we don't get to see that. So it's right. it's not, like, it's not developed. I mean, yeah. this show yeah. has serious character development issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, honestly, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I didn't like anything about the last episode. Um, I didn't. No. The only, the Except only for thing Alexander I, Skarsgård. Oh, well, excuse me. I'm sorry levitating nude Alexander Skarsgård was a plus, okay? (laughs) And Matt might I add, they did still find a way to splash blood on him. So... Mm, Yes, they did. Thank you for giving us that (laughs) ending image. But overall, I... uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just... I can't... I... We've talked about this. I never bought the chemistry between Stu and Franny. I've got my eyes closed right now, listeners. I just want you to know because <laughs> I am like really trying to make sure I form correct sentences here. Um, they never had chemistry, in my opinion. The gratuitous making out and kissing and I love you so much. But <laughs> I was like, get on with it. I'm tired of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. That probably sounds really just assholey of me, but I just, I was so <laughs> over it. I was just so over all of it by the time they go on their road trip. And it's just, bleh, bleh. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't like No, their it. whole relationship to me is very Ugh. frustrating. And it's too bad because, it, like, it fully worked in the book. I was, I yeah. loved their relationship in the book, but they weren't, like, the most important thing in the book, which I think this new ending sort of posits that, like, they were the big relationship of this story. And I think that's a huge misstep. Um, So, yeah. So by the time they get to, which is not made overtly clear, but it's obviously Mother Abigail's home in Nebraska. You um, know what? That is the real, I just want everyone to know, that is the real Hemingford home in Nebraska. Yeah, it's not a fucking retirement home with Stephen King's face on it. (laughs) It's not a retirement community, everyone. I, I'm sorry to have to break this to you. But what they did was make them show up to the actual real Hemingford home that Mother Abigail had spent her entire life at in Nebraska. And the fact that no one would know that unless you read the book and you could put two and two together is extremely disappointing. I'm and just going to say it. Like, I mean, I guess people could figure it out from the younger mother Abigail that we meet. Uh, we'll, Let's get to her in a minute. But yeah, please. <laughs> okay, so when they get there and then, first of all, I'm already angry in general for the fact that they've split up from the group of people, from civilization in general. Now they decide to split up from each other because your baby is sleeping. I don't give a fuck. Wake the baby up. Figure out how to not have the baby. Like, I don't know. I just think it's so stupid that they split up. And when she fell down that well, honestly, I said good. Yeah, good. me too. I hope she dies. I'm <laughs> so sick of oh this my character. 
I'm so I hate Franny so much. She's oh horrible God. in this. And I like I didn't hate her at first. I really didn't. But the way that she turned out, and look, I'll say the way that she handled the temptation from Flag, admirable. I love that she said, I yeah. love that she wasn't given into that. And I, I loved her response. All of that was great, but it's not enough to make me like Franny. Um, and then, okay, so let's so let's talk about who I think is supposed to be Mother A sort of reincarnated or whatever. At yeah. first, I was like, this is stupid. But you know what? Randall Flagg gets to be reincarnated. So if evil can be reincarnated, then good can be reincarnated yeah. too. That's fine. Um, but the whole thing, I think the reason that this happens in this version of the ending is to heal Franny so that mm-hmm. she can have this sort of breakthrough. And I think that it replaces the healing scene from back in Boulder, and it's stupid. It's a dumb yeah. remix, and it should have never been written. Mm-hmm. I agree. Listen. <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I will say this. I had no idea, obviously, where they were going when Kojak, like, pulled that when he was like yeah. obsessed with the corn. And when he pulled out that baby doll, I was like, what? I really was thinking to myself, what the fuck have they written into this? Because like a lot of Stephen King's stories, there, there's just a lot of like, yeah, I mean, like there's children of the corn. I mean, I just kept thinking to myself, please don't have right. written like <laughs> some type of little Easter egg or something from another, you know, piece of work that, Maybe not everybody's going to get. I didn't know where it was going. And I, I couldn't tell if it was good or bad because of the way that Kojak was reacting. And, right. and But I'm, I, listen, when Franny started fooling around with the well, I was like, I already, I was like, she's going to fall through it, first of all. I already <sighs> knew that was coming. All that talking then, she was doing to herself, too. Oh, I was like, just shut the I fuck up. I know. And then I was like, honestly... <laughs> Maybe Stu won't find her. That is so terrible to see. <laughs> I I just I I hated it, Jasmine. I I just I hated it. I it was I didn't bad. Like it. it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And so here's the thing. I think they were trying to do in the beginning. We get this narration from Franny talking about, you know, stories never really end. Truth. I liked that. I thought that was a great piece of dialogue. Um, And then we come to this conclusion for her at the end to say, you know, the wheel keeps turning. We have to be true. We have to take our stand. I think that's meant to be maybe some imagery to Dark Tower kind of thing. Yes. You know, um, which is fine. It's fine. But I think it really takes away again from what I loved so much about the original ending And the way that it ends, I mean, spoiler alert, if you do not want to know this final kind of line from the book, just go away now. I mean, why are you still, like, honestly, do something better with your life than listen to us complain about this fucking show. Come back (laughs) next week when we talk about Twin Peaks, okay? Yeah. Um, But the final thing that we hear from Stu and Franny is I think it's, I think it's Franny asking Stu or is it Stu asking Franny? I, I can't remember which way it is, but one of them asks each other, do you think people change or... Something along yes. those lines, right? And then the answer is, I don't know. And I think that's fantastic. I, I think, think that that is so, to me, that's the wheel continuing to turn and stories not ending in far less words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caught is a wheel. I just want to, I love that you brought up <laughs> Dark Tower because 
That I was getting a lot of that vibe from their conversation. Like, Ka oh, is a wheel. The whole visual on the yeah. beach, too? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ka is a wheel, which means you get to your final destination, but the wheel keeps turning, and the situations continue to happen. Um, and, and you can even see that in history. History repeats itself. It is a wheel. It is, it's, in. I Everyday life is it. this, you know? It is, exactly. And the the way that they ended it in the novel was perfect, where it's like, you know what? I don't know. Because you don't know, because it is a wheel. It is not infinite. Or, or it, you know, it's not a, there's not an ending point. It's infinite. It's yes. always turning. And I... Yeah, and for some <sighs> reason, for Franny to put wording around that, like, Again, I get it. I can see what they're going for, but it just doesn't work for me in no. the same way that the answer. There's something so truthful and vulnerable about saying, I don't know. Yeah. And to well, have, to have yeah. all of these like really poignant thoughts about it. Like, I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't, it just doesn't leave enough room for me to chew on anything. Whereas the book, I just thought that was so beautiful and like, holy, like, I don't know. I don't know. And then just to try to give Franny some depth in the last, like, you know, the last episode of the series, I was like, get out of here with that. I'm not here for it. You know, like. And that's that's the ugh. other thing is that, like, I, I actually kind of appreciate the fact that they were trying to do more with Franny because in the book, it's four men that head out to Vegas. And that, you know, I, I think that a lot of Stephen King's works. I mean, maybe that's not fair. I think a I don't know. Like, he definitely does focus on male stories a yes. lot, but he does have yeah. some great female characters as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Carrie was, like, right up there. Like, one yeah. of his first... Wait, his first story. His yeah. first story, yes. So, I mean, I shouldn't say that he only writes about men, but, like, in, in this, it was very male-focused. And so mm -hmm. I did appreciate that we got Ray instead of Ralph, that we had uh, a woman taking on the role of the judge, and that we were going to maybe get more from Franny. But each one of those things was fucked and didn't, yes. didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything with it. You can't just put a woman in a role and be like, well, we're better than the book. Like, you That's know? That's right. Come on. Well, yeah, and that's what I mean by, like, trying to give her depth at the very end when it could have been trickled throughout, you know, the and, whole series. And maybe we would have enjoyed this part more. Exactly. Maybe it wouldn't have felt so forced or so, like, meh, you know? Like, I don't know. And and I, I didn't, I was a little obviously confused when we saw the little girl like camping out in the corn. I was like, what, who is this? You know, I, and, but then when it started to become clear that, 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 that was young mother Abigail or a mother Abigail reincarnated. And I was like, okay, it just, it, I don't know. It, I, I, it didn't, it just didn't feel right to me. It you didn't. know what I mean? It didn't. It, it, I don't know. And I don't know if it's because it was just, um, it makes more sense to just see Alexander Skarsgård again. Like, okay, what am I trying to say here? Like, I get that that's supposed to be Mother Abigail, but for some reason, her being in child form takes away from it, I think. Like, why not? Yes. Even though we do see Whoopi Goldberg in the dream, why couldn't it just be her in general? Like, it gets to be Randall. Like, we can see Alexander Skarsgård, but not Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know. Like, there's just something that doesn't land there. There's something that doesn't connect for me. And 
Yeah, like I'm I'm fine with the whole uh, the wheel is turning. And so these, you know, figures of good and evil are coming back. I actually really liked that about the book. The fact that he gets taken out like that in Vegas, but then reappears because why wouldn't he? Like there's always going to be evil in the world. So like, yes, he should come back. But I don't know. I just it just doesn't work. Yeah, I know. But let's we will talk about <laughs> I, I will say this. When Franny falls down the well and she is, she is actually all of the wounds that Randall Flagg tells her she has, she actually does have them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, he was actually being truthful. Um, but uh, he doesn't know. He's not a doctor. He just played well, one on I TV. Just played one on t- <laughs> There's some more of that comedic relief uh, sprinkled so in. So good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was very excited to see him again, like just laid up against that tree. Like, oh, hey, I've been waiting on you. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I've been waiting on you too, hot stuff. (laughs) But I did did kind of like the way that it, there was a split second where I was like, I don't know if Franny is going to fall into this temptation. And I I was okay with that because I was like, wow, like, wouldn't that be quite the ending yeah. to the story if she did give in to his temptation to have the chance to go back to be with her baby and all it takes is a kiss and then maybe for him to be able to see through her eyes every once in a while. You know, like I thought that would have been a great surprise, like twist to it where not that evil always wins, but that there is a temptation always there. Yes. Kind of like, I wrote this in my notes and I might be really reaching here, but this is the vibe that I got was an Adam and Eve situation. Mm-hmm. When we have Adam and Eve, she does take the temptation and she she eats the apple, right? Mm-hmm. Like what if it ended in that same type of scenario where the kiss is like the representation of the apple? Just go with me on this, yeah, yeah. right? And And that's almost like, a wheel in itself because that's supposed to be like the beginning of mankind, this story of Adam and Eve. And what if it ended that way where she does take the temptation and then it just continues on this cycle of life as we know it now, which is all hypothetical based on if you're religious or not. You know, I, I'm not into all that, but anyway, um, I just thought that would be clever, right? Like, Yeah, and I mean, because this ending, it gets to the same place that the book did, but in what's so bizarre to me is that most of this series rushed through what was a very dense and complex and beautifully written story, then to give us this episode that basically comes out of nowhere to get to the same conclusion, (laughs) but drawn out, like, Yes, I love what you just said. And how interesting would that have been to take it in such a different direction and actually give us something different? Because yes, Mm -hmm. this is a new addition to the story, but it essentially says the same thing, but worse. Yeah. Like not as eloquently, basically. Well, and then you get the end scene where he just comes back as Russell Faraday um, and he just continues doing what he's been doing his entire life on earth yeah right? or which i'm fine with that part like i yeah. that to me didn't stray very far from the book at all and well, i love right. that part in the book and you know the fact that we got a naked levitating alexander skarsgård yeah. to go mm. on top of it all fantastic i wish that person <laughs> would have moved the fuck out of the way of that one bit <laughs> right. but you know i mean let's not get greedy 
oh, listen, I was like, <laughs> dong shot. I'm here for this. Let's see it. <laughs> uh, but it's we got like, more butt. We got more butt. So we, you we know, did. You know, and I always make these uh, comparisons. I know, but it always makes me think of that. Last, and I believe this was the last time we saw um, Eric on True Blood, where he was just like hanging out on the top of a snowy mountain, completely <sighs> naked in a lawn chair. And I thought, is this the only way that Alexander Skarsgård's ever going to go out in his TV shows? It's just like, you know, oh there was a time when I knew the exact second <laughs> in that episode that you could pause and sort of see what's going on down there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I would be lying to you and everyone out there if I wasn't like, excuse me, are you going to move your head just a little bit? It's like yeah, yeah, down, yeah. In front, like, hello, down in front. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. Like um, swatting. But- at the TV, like <laughs> yeah, I'm like shoot, get out of the way, shoot. But but do, but I, I guess like what we've talked about is that it didn't actually really have a different ending. It just had a different way of getting yeah to that ending. To me, a different ending would have been her taking that temptation and then it kind of ending like that, right? Like that to me probably would have been a little more satisfying than like we talked about where it was just a different drawn out way to get to the exact same ending. And it, it, it's just weird to me. It's weird. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just glad <sighs> to, uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be over and done with it, Jasmine. I mean, oh, same. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I, I, I feel grateful that the show exists because even though I've owned the book for a number of years now, I have never cracked it open. And this was the impetus for me to finally hear this story and finally know the epic amazingness of it all. So I'll thank it for that, you know, and um, that's it. That's it. I mean, I okay, wanna... sorry, we did get some choice shots of Alexander Skarsgård. I you. also <laughs> didn't mind looking at James Marsden. His his stew was, you know, it didn't live up to, for it in the end. I didn't mind it in the beginning, but, you know, whatever. That's okay, it. yeah, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, the only accolade I will give it is that we did get Alexander Skarsgård. So, yeah, yeah. and no, I thought he did great, honestly. I did, too. You know, I mean, like, honestly, I... I, one of the things I liked about it was his take on Randall Flagg. I mean, it is a very different take from the book, but I actually liked what he brought to the role. So I will say that I thought that his Randall Flagg was great and I, I enjoyed it. But it's like, as soon as Harold died, I mean, not that the episodes were all that great before Harold died, um, but like after Harold died, I really became disinterested in the whole thing, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. it was just like, well, how are they going? You know, that this that was the last true thing, you know, that I felt like they did. And then after that, it was just downhill and, uh, you know. Man, and so I have something, I mean, I don't know, maybe you already know this. But get ready to be upset. Um, the actor who played Tom on Twitter mm-hmm. said that they filmed a scene where Nick came to him in the desert. And for some reason, they scrapped it. Yep, I saw that. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I threw my phone when I read that. <laughs> I threw it. 
I and the actor who I'm sorry, I can't think of his name, but the the guy that plays Tom, just from the caps lock that he was using and the words that he used to form the tweet, it seems like he was angry about it as well. Like it seems like yeah. even he understands how uh, important of a scene that was and how shitty it was for them to throw it on the floor. But yeah, I mean, I won't rehab. We I, I won't go back into it. But just the fact that they. Didn't even, they, they just didn't even give us anything of the journey back. Like when Franny would place the Polaroid on the vigil and then all of a sudden it's, she hears Kojak bark and then it's Stu and Tom and Kojak. I'm, I just didn't your so heart dis- just sink? Like, oh, I was, I was so disappointed. Like yeah. I was so mad and I was like, really? Like we're not even going to get like, to me, that would have been a great opportunity when she placed that Polaroid there to give us just five minutes of them. Like, uh, uh, how about getting Stu out of the ravine or whatever you call that? Like, how about just show us something about the journey back? <sighs> I'm so like, I, I'm with you. Like, I wanted to see that come to life. But I even think like if I think we'd be complaining if they gave us five minutes. Like, I think that we'd be Probably. upset that that's all that they felt it was worth. I'm I'm kind of glad that there's just nothing because now now that part of the book is very like just precious and whole to me and I'll never yeah. think of anything except for that part. Like there's nothing else that can possibly taint it for me. That's true. You're right about that. So. You are. And listeners, if you haven't read the book and you kind of think I don't know if I want to tackle a thousand page book after you've watched the series just maybe like try to find just the journey back for Tom and Stu and read that. And that will be all you need to know about the, the, just the highlight of this novel. It's so, it's so fantastic. It's one of the most epic things I've ever listened to. Just get the audiobook. It's really worth listening to. And I will say this, like, I wish that there was an updated version that doesn't use such problematic language in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be nice to just get rid of all of that shit. So trigger warning for that kind of thing. But other than that, it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, wow. We have... Oh wow! Um, I'm glad. Never thought. Done. Never thought I would end this on a fart noise. No, nope. but um, <laughs> I just no. I'm so I'm glad, glad we're done with done. it. Yeah, I'm so glad. And you know, I'm glad we're moving on to brighter days, Woo! which is Twin Peaks. Yes. And you know, as I was like trying to form some type of notes for this, I really kept thinking to myself. I'm so glad we're moving on to Twin Peaks, which is TV perfection, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I can, it is a palate cleanser of this crap that I've watched. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's going to be so nice. Because honestly, you know, I think I think we did our best to talk about the stuff that did work in both The Stand yeah. and Chilling Adventures. But overall, this has not been a great two months for talking about TV <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm I'm glad that we stuck it out and and finished up with Chilling Adventures, particularly because that show is over. And I mean, there's no way that we weren't gonna cover the stand, I don't think. Like this was right. a big thing for particularly you in the beginning, but then also for me towards towards the, you know, sort of middle there. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's gonna be really nice to talk about a show that you know, we we can gush over it, but we can actually dissect things and talk about like 
the meaning of this or or whatever. Like, we don't just have to say why it didn't work. It's just, it, right. it's going to be very refreshing. Yes, very, very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we'll be back next week doing. We'll be covering the pilot and, uh, oh my God, so looking forward to it, obviously, as we've said. And then after that, we're going to be having some guests on. Like, we've got guests lined up already for episodes two, three, and four. Um, And we're in talks for maybe somebody joining us for episode, uh, a few somebodies actually joining us for episode five. So yeah, it, it should be fun. We're just, I think that we're going to do the first episode and the last episode, just the two of us, just to sort of bookend the season, but probably have guests for all throughout, which should be great. Very exciting. I'm so excited. Yes. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we will talk to you then, everybody. Yes. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at DamnFineTV. You can find me on Instagram at DamnFineWitch and Mel's at SuperficialMel's. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's DamnFineTV. Damn Fine TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks.